Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. It's currently lunchtime. It's 1222. Uh, and we are doing biogas today. It's really bad weather. It's really, really windy, like extremely windy. Um, it's overcast all day um, with some very light drizzle rain. Um, but right now it stopped drizzling. It's just w really windy, cold, and overcast. Um, but today, I am filling up the biodigester with cow manure. So um, I have a total of 20 gallons of cow manure that I've put in it already. I need to put in a total of 80 gallons. And so I'm just kind of driving around where I can with my, my newer truck. I don't want to damage it um, because the, my, work tr my ranch truck still needs to be worked on. Um, and luckily the cows were by my home, like next to my road and kind of right behind my house. They're kind of like making a circle around my house. In fact, I'm looking out the front window and I can see them, um, kind of moving around in the front. You know, they're still pretty far away, but I can still see them. So, um, I'm filling up five gallon buckets so that way I can measure it. And so essentially I need 16 five gallon buckets to fill up the biodigester with cow manure. And then obviously the rest is with water. Um, so I'll fill up um, three five-gallon buckets of cow manure, two or three at a time, um, come back down, mix it into a slurry with water, and then pour it into the biodigester. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever lifted up a five-gallon bucket full of fresh cow manure, but it's heavy, really heavy, especially like some of it's in some spots where, you know, I'm not driving my truck, so I got to walk kind of far to get it. And it's, I fill them up and I'm like, oh God, I got to walk all the way back with this thing. You know, it's <laughs> real heavy. Come <laughs> uh, manure, Jesus. Um, but I'm getting fresh stuff. You only want to use fresh. Um, maximum two days old, um, but fresh. So what I'm doing is because the cattle, they kind of uh, migrate and move around in like a spread out herd. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to f follow them around, you know, plus they're not moving fast at all anyway. Um, so I'm kind of going behind them <laughs> and, um, you know, scooping up um, all their cow manure into five gallon buckets. So I'm taking a break right now because it's so windy. I mean, it's so windy that it irritates you. Your ears are irritated. Your face is irritated. It dehydrates you out there just because it's so windy. So I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to go back out there and I'm going to try to see if I can fill up another um, four or five five gallon buckets, dump it in. And just keep going, you know, every day, um, put a little bit more, a little bit more until I finally hit the 80 gallons. And that also gives time for the ones that I'm, the manure that I'm already putting in to acclimate and to kind of start doing its thing. But I do need a total of 80 gallons. Um, so, you know, that's my goal. I need to hit 80 gallons. So, yeah, I'm just going to take a break out of the wind and then, um, yeah, just kind of go back out there and walk around. And I'm trying to drive the truck as far as I can without damaging it and then walk the rest with the five gallon bucket and my shovel. And so here's some tips for any of you that are getting ready to start up your own biogas system. Remember, you want the freshest manure possible. The reason for it is, is because the microorganisms that's in the manure that comes out is still there. The longer you wait to pick up that fresh manure, they die off completely, and then there's nothing left. And then not only that, the cow manure becomes hard and you can't use it, there's no usable uh, microorganisms in the cow manure at that point. So fresh is really good. Um, a day old to two days old max. Um, just a quick tip for a lot of you guys. 
Now keep in mind, if you guys are doing biogas like me, unless you have a really big biogas digester like myself, you don't need 80 gallons, okay? <laughs> uh, you need a lot less. So to kind of give you guys a rough breakdown a little bit here, um, if you was to take, um, I think the biodigester is total, the total size of it at least, is 1,100 something, almost 1,200 um, gallons. So if we do a calculation really quick, so let's do 1,100, I think it's 1,100... 80 I think it, I think that's how much is in there and then if we divide that by 80 gallons of commonore essentially per gallon of about like say you're building a biodigester um, you'll need about um, 14 gallons uh, yeah about 14 gallons of commonore to get your biodigester started so if you have a system that is, let's say, so it's like 14.75 gallons. And then we times that by, say, if you have a biodigester that's, say, 100 gallons, um, you're going to need 18. Yeah, sorry, you're going to need 18, almost 19 gallons of cow manure. So just kind of give you guys a quick breakdown of how much manure you may need for your biodigester size. So it's really crucial that you know the volume of the amount of bio, the biodigester volume itself, not the biogas bag that holds the gas, just the digester, right? So the it's kind of it's kind of mixed. So like I filled up the biodigester about halfway full with water, um, you know, a couple of days ago, and so you know as time goes on, I'm trying to put what I can in. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, the fog just rolled in like it's really, really foggy. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, wow, that came in quick. Wow. But yeah, um, you know, kind of give you guys an idea of what you're going to need for your biogas digester. Now, um, I am building, I'm trying to build a, a heater element that I can submerge in water. And I want to use a regular heating element like for a hot water heater because that's what I've used before on an IBC tank. But the IBC tank made it easy because I could drill a hole on the side of it in the middle. And then I put a waterproof bulkhead. And then I just screwed the um, heater element into the side of it. And I ran my wire with my wiring up to my system to power it. And it worked great. Well, with the biodigester I'm using now, it's not plastic, right? It's like an industrial-sized thick bag. Really, really big. Um, so it's not like I can just cut a hole in it and then put a bulkhead in it because I'm going to take the risk of it leaking. So I don't want to do that, but there is an input, import and outport for the biodigester. The import is where you put all the food in, or in my case right now, putting manure in it to get it started. Um, but that port um, has a plunger, and that plunger, you have to put it all the way in, turn 180 degrees, and it basically locks it in and seals it. Um, so I cannot put nothing in through that port. Now the exit port, I can, but here's the problem I'm having. The way they designed the exit port, in order for me to put a submerged heater element in there, what I'd have to do is kind of what I'm thinking is what I started. I actually started building it already. I built it. The problem is that I can't fit it into the port on the exit because it's just a little, a little bit too big as far as the diameter because what I did was I took a one-inch coupling, 
um, no, sorry, a one-inch slip fit. So the, the one-inch threaded is on the inside and the outside. Basically, it's a reducer, right, for PVC pipes. I got a reducer, and what I did was I took my grinder and I grinded off the notches that you could use to put a wrench on to tighten it down or move it around on, like if you're doing some plumbing. I grinded it down smooth, so now it's a smooth sleeve all the way. Because then I know for a fact that that will slip into a fitting, right? Into a, um, a, another one-inch fitting. So I grinded it down. I screwed in my um, heater element really nice and tight. Uh, and then I got a flexible rubber boot. You can buy them. Um, you can get them with the same sizes on both sides. Or one size is bigger. The other size is smaller. And so that way I could tighten down on the hose clamp. There's a really big heavy-duty hose clamp that I can tighten down that'll create that water seal that I need. And then on the other side, I'm gonna run the power wires through a piece of PVC pipe sticking out the other end. And then that, PV, the, that PVC pipe's gonna plug into the other side of that flexible boot with another um, heavy duty um, hose clamp, really big one. Um, well, not really big, but you know what I'm saying, like a bigger one. And then that way the wire and the connections are in a um, waterproof container essentially it's in the pipe so the only thing that's touching the water or sticking out from the water is the actual heater element so I built that today and I was super ecstatic because I went over there to go put it in and the diameter of the boot that I that I use and there's no other boots I can buy there's nothing else available that's smaller that's just a standard size boots they sell it's just too big it's almost like half an inch or more yeah about half an inch too big for me to fit into the port of the exit side so I got kind of discouraged this morning when I did that because I'm like, oh man, like I was just hoping I could slip it in there. Then I could make a little thing to hold the pipe up, um, you know, on the side and I could have my wires coming out and then I could, you know, energize it and start heating that biodigester a lot faster too. So I'm about to think of a solution. There, there, there is some room in there where I could technically cut some plastic out because it's actually made for a biogas toilet. The section that I'm putting this heater element through all the way down into the biodigester it's kind of like they got a plastic connector in there for if you're using a biogas toilet so that you can run your biogas the the holes the discharge holes into the biogas digester but i don't want to destroy it you know i don't want to cut it out or or remove it because i mean i can't if i remove it, it it's me cutting it out that's the only way it doesn't just click in and out or snap in and out you know it's part of the whole mode so in order for me to do what I want to do, I'm kind of making a decision right now. Do I keep everything the way it is factory or do I notch out just enough so that way I can slip the whole fitting down into the pipe and push the heater element into the biogas digester bag. So that's kind of where I'm stuck right now. I'm also trying to think if there's another solution I can do. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Now, here's the thing. I can buy another exit port, um, the affluent port. Um, but I don't want to if I don't have to. You know what I mean? I could just buy one as a backup so that way down the road if I ever want to put a biogas toilet on, I could just change the port out, the, you know, just swap them out and I could be good to go. But then I would still be in the same position where I'd have to try to put a heating element in there, you know? So that's the, um, that's the issue. Oh, the cattle are moving right now. I'm looking out the window. Oh, I know what they're doing. They're going to go back and drink water. I know where they're going. They're going to the water trough. Yep, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. At least nine of them are walking back right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my solutions to overcome that. 
I was kind of thinking if I can't get the fitting and all that to fit in without me modifying the output port, then I might try to see if I can waterproof the whole connector. The only problem with that is, is that if and when, which it will fail at some point, all heater elements break and stop working at some point, I will have that problem of trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to take this apart to replace it? At that point, if I like epoxy it and or whatever I do to waterproof it, you know, as far as that's concerned, like actually like epoxying the connectors, the, the cable, the wire, everything. Sure, it'll be waterproof and I can slip it in. But when it fails, I'll have to make a whole new one. You know, it's not like it's not as simple as me just unscrewing the heater element and screwing another one in and then I'm good to go. That's not how it would work. So. Um, I, I like the first design I came up with because I can replace the heater element. Problem is I can't get it into the port. So I got to come up with a solution for that. So I'm thinking in my head, looking at what stuff I have available to me, uh, what's, what's available at the stores that I could try to buy to make it work. Um, you know, you just got to play with things sometimes and think outside the box. So that's kind of where I'm at on that point. But at least I am um, starting to put the cow manure in the bow digester. Just so that way I can start giving it some time to start doing its thing. Even though I didn't put the full amount in there yet, at least I'm putting something in there, right? They kind of start that process going. So if my ranch truck wasn't broken down right now, I could easily go and get how much I need. Because I can just drive around all over the rocks and everywhere and just pick up as much as I need. And I'd be done. Um, but, you know, that's not the case right now. The ranch truck is broken down. And it's so windy out there that just trying to hold the door open for your vehicle is a challenge. Like it is just whipping so hard wind that it's just going to be terrible for me to try to like work on that wrench truck today. If I can at least get it started, maybe I might try to move it, you know, next to my house where it's not so windy, where my house is like the wind block. And then maybe I can work on it. But right now I'm doing what I can. I'm just filling up five gallon buckets, you know, as I go. And there's nothing wrong with that. Would I like to put all 80 gallons in there one time and be done? Absolutely. That way I don't have to keep repeating this process. But, you know, it is what it is. So. <clears throat> now, the other thing is, is, um, so, like a day like this where it's really cloudy and just overcast and foggy, obviously solar is not going to produce a whole lot of energy. These are those exception days. The days of exception where... You have extremely bad weather, especially for where I'm at. Normally, we, we're, we're, we're good, but we do have from time to time where we get days like this where the solar production is not as much. Is my batteries charged and all that? Sure. They're, they're, they're actually, let's see. Yeah, they should be charged already. So the batteries are charged. Um, and as we speak right now, my hot water heater for my home is heating up with hot water. The problem is, is that... Um, because the day is, you know, there's not that much sunlight that, yeah, I can run my home like I normally do and have hot water, but I don't have that, that a whole lot of excess extra power that I can throw into the heater element today. Like let's say I had it set up to heat the biodigester. Well, technically I, I wouldn't be able to run it unless my hot water heater is finally um, heated all the way up. And then I have that extra power because I want to make sure that I always have hot water. Um, but that also goes back to the fact of getting this biogas digester up and running. The reason I say this is because I do have a on-demand biogas hot water heater, right? So 
the amount of gas that is supposed to be able to produce, if I fill, if I feed the bowel digester five gallons of food waste per day, my max, well, not my max, but my my um, suggested output would be about six hours of cooking gas per day on a double burner stove. Well, the reason I went with a bigger bowel digester was some of the points I pointed out before, but I would have a more, I would have a reserve, right? Because I don't cook for six hours a day on a double burner stove. We might cook an hour per meal, you know, so, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's only like three hours, if that. And a lot of times cooking some stuff doesn't even take that long. And so I would have a surplus of say three hours of cook of gas that I could be using that I could technically use on the biogas hot water heater, right? So, and it's funny because I'm looking in my living room right now, or actually the kitchen, and I have one, two, three, four, four propane tanks that I had to hit, uh, fill up yesterday and the day before, because we're using it for we're, we're baking a lot of stuff, we're cooking, you know. So we're using it. Not only that, my heaters in my house use propane, so we're using a lot of propane, which costs money. And it's at these smaller bottles cost about $20 right now, $20 to fill up a piece, right? So that's $80, you know, in propane tanks just sitting here in my living room. So, you know, and in fact, the one that's on the stove right now is literally about to run out. That's why I went and picked up more propane because the one that's on the stove is about to run out. So I want to make sure I have, you know, the backup. So when it does run out, I can swap tanks and then we can continue cooking and baking and doing our thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to just get back on the biogas and get, you know, try to wean myself off completely from the um, propane side of things. I will still have a propane oven and all that, but I'm going to have two gas lines coming in. One gas line for prop propane and one gas line for biogas. And those lines are going to go to separate appliances, right? So I have a um, propane stove obviously an oven but I also have a propane double burner stove and a single burner stove that I can do most of my cooking on so I can easily swap between the two so either one if I run out of propane I can swap to biogas or if I run out of biogas I can swap to pr propane um, but I'm really hoping that I don't have to use propane anymore once it's up and running I should be able to fill all my needs with this really big biogas digester, like more than enough, absolutely more than enough, where I can cook, I can use the biogas on-demand hot water heater if I need to, you know, um, yeah, there's so many things, my heaters, I can swap my heaters back over to biogas, because I've actually run my house heaters on biogas before, I have a video showing that, and I was ecstatic about that, <laughs> I was really ecstatic about that, now, there was a question that came up uh, from one of my family members, actually. They were asking, when you burn the gas, like when you're cooking, does it stink? <laughs> and I said, no, there's no smell. There's absolutely no smell. It's odorless almost because it's being burnt, right? It's being burnt instantly. It's kind of like propane. If you just leave the, if you just open up the valve and just let it, you know, exhaust itself, you can smell that propane smell because you're not burning it, right? And that's the same thing with biogas. If I was just to open the valve and just let it go without burning it, you'd be able to smell a, a, a smell, just like propane. Um, but when you're cooking and you're burning the gas, there's no smell. It's a zero, right? So, yeah, they were asking that, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, they get it now, you know? 
And a lot of people don't know that propane is actually odor odorless. They actually have to put the smell into propane in order for you to know that you have a leak. <laughs> so that way, if you smell that propane smell, you know you have a leak, which the propane smell kind of smells like a rotten egg, like really rotten egg smell. So they put it in there just so you can tell a difference if it's leaking. So the biogas, you don't have to put no smell in it because there's a very light odor, which is very similar to propane, that you'll be able to know if you have a gas leak or something going on, you know? Wow. Guys, it got so foggy outside that I'm looking out my window and I can't even see anything. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Wow. So, yeah, um, you know, it's trial and error like anything else, guys, sometimes when it comes to, like, trying to think outside the box is, like, as far as me heating the biodigester. Now, the other thing is, too, I still need to get my um, uh, wind turbine back up and running. And the reason it's not running now is because back when we had the that big, massive fire... Um, the cattle came by and they were scratching and pushing on the guide wires that hold the wind turbine pole up in the air and they ended up snapping the turnbuckles. So the cable didn't break, but the turnbuckles broke and snapped. And once they snapped all the turnbuckles, the wind turbine, you know, cause it was super windy, um, it started bending and it finally fell over and that's when it hit my, um, so one of my solar panels and broke it. So I do need to get the wind turbine up and running again because once I do, like a day like this, this is where I, this is the time where wind turbines really, really prove themselves, especially if you have high winds. Like right now, it's really cloudy, really foggy, but it's windy, really windy. And right now, the wind turbine could have, could be pumping tons of power in, so much so that I would have extra power to heat the biodigester at this point. No problem. In fact, I could have been heating the biodigester at 10 o'clock this morning already. You know, the batteries could have been charged be be before 9 o'clock. And then all this extra power could have been going into the biodigester for heating. So I do need to get that wind turbine up and running. Because I'm trying to utilize all the things I have around me. You know, solar panels, wind turbines, for all my energy needs, obviously. But not only that, use the excess power to do other things. Do more work. Because... Normally, like I said, the power just goes wasted. It doesn't get used. You know, like it, my batteries are charged. Deep, I have two deep freezes, a regular refrigerator, my whole house. I have bathroom fans. I have all this stuff. And it all runs on regular, you know, regular power, which is, you know, from my off-grid system. So, yeah, the wind turbine definitely gives it a nice boost, let me tell you. Um that's another thing I should cover is real quick is wind turbines. A lot of people want wind turbines, but I always tell people, unless you have like steady high winds, it's, it's not worth it. Um, you got to have steady high winds. You know, you don't have to have, it doesn't have to be windy every day, but you know, you want something kind of consistent or average, you know, if you only have a breeze from time to time, it's not worth it. You know, like for me right now, if I open my door and I walk around the corner I'm like literally got to hold on to something because it's so windy. So, you know, in, in instances like where I live, it's the perfect combination to add to my off-grid system. 100% perfect situation. But I do own another house on the other side of the island. And over there, it's not windy at all. In fact, it's almost never windy over there. 
And so would I put a wind turbine over there? No, because it's, it doesn't get windy enough to put a wind turbine at the other home I own. So, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles with the environment that you live in. So anyway, guys, uh, I'm going to try to finish taking my break here. I'm going to go back out there and I'm going to go cow patty hunting. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, uh, yeah, I need to get this thing filled up with the 80 gallons, get it done. Um, and then that way it can actually start doing its thing. Uh, and then that way I can actually, you know, start putting food waste in it and really start getting that biogas that I want. So, but remember guys, you can definitely build a biogas digester on a small scale or a big scale. It depends on what you want, what you want to do with it, what your needs are, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? So think about it at least, you know, consider it. Because especially with the gas prices going the way it is. In fact, right now in town for diesel, because I had to go to town, diesel cost right now is almost $6 right now. Diesel is almost $6 right now. It's pretty close to $6 at this point. So that gets expensive, right? Everything gets expensive. Our local electric company, luckily my this, this home is off-grid, but you know they're raising their rates 20 to 25%. You know, and that's a lot of money. And we already pay high pricing for electricity. We already pay 65 cents per kilowatt hour if you're connected to the grid. 65 cents per kilowatt hour. That's a lot of money for electricity over here. And if they're going to jack it up 20 or 25%, <laughs> we're going to be paying, what, 60? Yeah, we're going to be paying a dollar or more for one kilowatt of power. Right, so anything we can do to be more efficient, create create our own energy, the more money we keep in our pockets, guys. You know, so think about it in those terms at least. That's the way I think about it at least. I don't like spending money unless I absolutely have to, you know, or if it's in a way to better my my life, or to better my future, or better my family. I don't got no problem spending money, but when it comes to like just giving the gas station money or paying an electricity bill just because no there's other ways to do these things you know <laughs> so anyway guys thanks for tuning in and i'll see you guys on the next one